All right. I feel like we could almost dismiss us there. But we've got communion to have. Um, I think it's important. So if you've got your communion cups, um, you could ready for that. I'll try and keep this short and sweet, but we'll keep this within our, our series context. Um, so we, we, over the last three or four months, have been going through the greatest message ever preached, um, which was Steve Farrell three weeks ago, by the way. That's what it was. It's, no, no, I'm kidding. The second best, second best. The best is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Greatest message ever preached where Jesus, God himself, enters the world as a human and, and delivers this speech, which, which even now, 2,000 years later, just rocks us to the very core of God revealing how the kingdom of heaven works and how life's supposed to work. And so we've looked at a bunch of different things in Matthew 5, 6, and now we're in chapter 7. And it's really cool. And that's why we've called it the standard, because Jesus has gone, hey guys, here's the standard. We might think out the standard is whatever we feel or whatever we want or whatever the church tells us, but no, no, the, the real standard of the kingdom is what Jesus outplays for us and lays out for us through his word. So I want to read um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks him for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, thanks Jesus, we're all evil in Jesus' eyes, that's wonderful, thank you Jesus. If you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So we've been doing a um, thing on Thursday nights, uh, short courses, and um, Hands Up has been doing the Understanding the Bible short course. We're three weeks in. Yep, you're all wagging, so it's cool. About 20 people signed up, which is amazing. It was too many for the room we were holding it in, so we had to split it in two groups, um, a 5.30 group and a 7 o'clock group. And we've been looking at how to understand the Bible and looking at how context is king and, and different methods and tools that we can use to understand God's Word. And one thing we looked at this Thursday just gone, which it's, it's not, not a Justin thing, it's an old method of, of doing things, um, but it's really, really, really helpful. And it's this, this acronym. You may have heard of it. You may never have heard of it. But it's, it's this thing called SOAP. It's how to keep your life clean. You use SOAP. And the acronym is um, S for Scripture, O for Observation, A for Application, and P for Prayer. So we find a Scripture. We observe what it's saying. And then we, we, we meditate on how we can apply that. And then we pray that God would help us with that. It's really quite simple and really such a beautiful practical tool to help us in our Bible study um, times of devotion with him. And so I want to sort of do that right here this morning with this passage. So that's our passage. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. And what I notice from this passage is ask, seek and knock. They're all active words. They're all, it's all action stuff. It's, it's ask, 
That's not passive. Seek. Knock. It's, it's about taking a step. It's about an, an initiation. It's about, it's about action. And if I'd, if I'd lost my car keys, I'd be foolish to go, I believe that I will find them and then stay where I am and not look for them. But many of us do that, right? I believe in Jesus. I believe He can come through for me. I believe He can do this. I believe I just, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to, but we stay. If I want to find my car keys, which is lost, I need to seek them out. I need to look where they might be, where they could be. And if you've lost joy in your life or if you've lost hope or if you've lost peace, you need to seek where that might be. And I'm telling you, it, it's not in the bottom of a bottle. It's not in a dodgy website that you want to delete your history after you look at it. It's not in that one night stand. It's not in that thing. It's not, that's not where you find peace. We've got to seek where things can actually be found. If I lost my keys, I'm not going to search out to see because I haven't been out there but I'm going to go to the places where I know they could be. And so when it comes to the things that I just mentioned, like peace and joy and, and hope, they're all found in, in Christ, in, in Jesus. They're all unlocked in His Word. And so we've got to seek where those things can be found. That's active. Because here's the thing, right? I think in my observation as a pastor over many years, one of the things that halts people's maturity and growth, spiritually speaking, because we're all called to, like, as babies, we suckle on milk, and that sustains us. But there comes a time when our teeth come in, we need to start to chew real food. And that's the same, and the Bible talks about that same spiritually for us. When, when we're first born again, when we're new to faith, and we're just sort of finding our feet and that sort of stuff, there's milk, everything's basic. But there comes a point where we, we are designed by God to grow and mature. And one of the things I find that, that holds people back in their maturity is faith doesn't move from being a noun into a verb. What do I mean by that? Faith as a noun, as an abstract idea, as a, as a thought, that's the entry point for the kingdom of what faith is. But in order to grow, that faith as a noun, as an object, as a thing, as an idea or philosophy has to be moved into action as a verb where it's outworked in our life. Because if you read Hebrews chapter 11, it describes the noun of faith, right? As a thing. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Okay, that's what faith is. And then it goes on and talks about how the, those of old were commended because of their faith. The definition of faith. Those, it goes to Enoch and Abel and, 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 and Abraham and Sarah. All these people commended what they did because of faith. But in order to achieve the things God's called us to achieve, we've got to move from faith being a noun or an idea into a verb that has action and has life attached to it. Because we continue to read about faith in Hebrews 11 in verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him, right? So we've got to believe and trust that the, things, the evidence of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. It's impossible without the noun of faith to please God. For whoever, whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. So there comes the verb in. 
God rewards those who seek him, which is exactly what we read here in Matthew chapter 7, that Jesus is teaching us that as we ask, as we seek, as we knock, as we put our faith that we believe in our head into action through our life, God will move and God will do what only he can do. He will reward us. And I love this, this passage because as we're reading through the Sermon on the Mount, if, you, if you're religious in your inclination, you will see that a lot of this is about behavior and about doing the right thing. So we started in, in chapter 5 with Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. So we've got a poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, who are meek, who are hungry for righteousness, who are merciful. So we've got to do all this stuff, be merciful. Then we're going to be salt and light. And then it talks about dealing with our anger and dealing with lust and, and divorce and not making oaths and retaliating to people, loving our enemies, giving to the needy, how to pray, how to fast, um, storing up treasures in heaven, not being anxious. Last week we talked about not judging people. So all this stuff can be just observed from a mere uh, plain reading of the text as, as, as stuff I've got to do, behaviors I've got to apply to my life in order to meet God's standard. And it's, that's an aspect, but that's not the heart of it. And I love what Jesus is saying here. It's like in the midst of all that stuff of do, 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 he's saying, but hey, guess what? If you ask anything of God, if you seek him, if you knock, he'll give to you. You'll find. The door will be open to you. You know, you you guys know how to give good gifts. And you would not give your son a stone if he asked for bread. And you would not give him a snake if he asked for a fish. And you who are imperfect or evil, as Jesus would say, if you know how to give good gifts, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who love him? It's like, whoa, God loves me. God absolutely loves me. God absolutely loves you. And He wants to reward you. He wants to bless you. He wants to, to open doors of opportunity in your life. But I guess the question comes down to, are we, are we asking? Are we seeking God? Are we knocking on heaven's door? Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Yeah, I just, I just said that. I did. Did I immediately regret it? Of course I did. Of course. It's horrible. So what are you asking for? What are you, what are you seeking? What doors are you knocking on? What do you need for God to do? And here's the thing that we, we, we say often, and this is the, the filter that we run these things through. Because James... James talks about James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Um, actually, let's, let's read that, actually, because I think that, that's going to be helpful. James chapter 4. I promise you'll get to, if you're hungry, I'm sorry, but we'll get there. You can have your communion very soon. Um, James chapter 4. Oh, man. Oh, where have I gone? You'd think as a pastor I'd know where things are in the Bible, hey? Here we go. James 4, verse 2. We're going to go to the second half of verse 2. You don't have 
because you don't ask. And then you ask, but you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. So I think that's where we go wrong too sometimes is we take passages like this and go, oh God, I want, I want an investment property at Diggers with a Ferrari in the, in the thing. I'm going to ask, I'm going to seek, I'm, going to, I'm just going to knock on that door, God. And that doesn't happen. And you're like, God, but you promised. Ask, I'll give it to you. You're a good father, give me any gift. Well, James, Jesus' brother gives a bit of clarity. He's like, dude, you, you're not getting stuff because you're asking with the wrong motive. You're asking for stuff just to spend on your own flesh and your own desires. And this is where it comes into that filter we talk about. But the glory of God, the good of others, and our joy. That's how the kingdom works, in that order. And so the things that we're asking, the things that we're seeking for, if God was to grant them to us, as a good father does, would they result in his glory? If God poured out and answered every question and every prayer and every request that you had of him and said yes, 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 yes to all of it and gave it to you, would you handle that in such a way where he was glorified or would it just leave you satisfied? There's a big difference. So it must be first and foremost that God gets the glory. We shall have no other gods before him. He's a jealous God. So the things we're seeking, the things we're asking, the things we're, is it going to glorify God? If you're seeking a relationship, if you're seeking that career change, if you're seeking that, whatever it is, will God be glorified in that? And the second thing is for the good of other people. Jesus himself said, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. We've got to take up our cross and we follow him. We, we, we lay down our life to serve other people. So if the thing that you're praying for, believing for, asking for was given to you, would would actually other people be blessed? Or would just you be content? Because the kingdom of God operates with an outward focused lens. How can I help? How can I serve? How can I lay down my life to meet? Greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus demonstrated that life of laying down, of servanthood, of servitude. And the third thing is our joy. Like, honestly, would the thing we're believing for result in us being filled with joy? Satisfying our soul, keeping us inspired, keeping us happy, keeping us on track. That would, that would then result in giving glory to God and us helping other people. And so the cycle turns. Because God, yes, is a good father. Yes, he wants to say, uh, give and, and, and ask and we'll receive. Yes, seek and we will find. Yes, knock and door will be opened. But what are we asking for? And why are we asking for it? Because in the greater scheme of the kingdom of God, those things actually matter. Because God is a loving God. And he's not going to give us stuff that's going to take our affection away from him. He's not going to give us stuff that's going to make us not treat people better. And he's not going to give us stuff that's not ultimately going to fill our spirit and fill our soul with joy and life. So why don't we take our communion, world's longest communion message ever. The juice has probably gone warm in your hands by now. Sorry, not sorry. And let's just, the reason we do this, we take this little bit of bread, the little bit of juice, the just symbolism 
to, to, to cast our mind onto Jesus, to cast our attention onto what Jesus has done. So think about your world, your life, imperfections, the, the cracks, the, the brokenness that exists in your world, the things that you're asking God for, the things that you're seeking Him to touch and to bless, the opportunities that you need God to open before you. And it's going to be different for all of us in this room. But let's, let's allow this communion, this juice, this bread to, to take all those things that our hearts are believing for, take all those things that we are concerned and worried about and let's, let's just channel it right down into what the juice and what the bread represents. Jesus, God who put on flesh and dwelt amongst us to reveal God's kingdom on this earth and to create a way for us humans to be a part of that kingdom. And then as you, as you eat, as you drink, thank him. Thank him for his sacrifice. Thank him for his example. Thank him for his power. And thank him for the truth that he's revealed to us that the things we ask, the things we seek, and the things we knock for, God will respond because he's a good father. Let's just take a moment to do that. Thank you, Jesus. God, as we close here this morning, we just... I just thank you that you are so kind and gracious. Thank you that your word says that it's, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. That you're not an angry God that's trying to keep us down and oppress us, but you're a loving, gracious Father that's trying to pull us out of our own mess, whatever that might be. You're helping us see further, see higher, dream bigger. I just thank you, Lord, as we partake of this communion today, that we would be reminded that it's all about you, Jesus. That you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, and that no one gets to the Father, the Father that gives good gifts to his children, except through you. So, Lord, we put our trust in you, we put our hope in you, put our faith in you. All the things we're seeking in this world, I thank you that we would seek you where they are found. We'd not find them in things of this world, the, the pleasures of our flesh. Lord God, but we would seek and find them in you. Lord, would you bless us this week? Would you help us be a church that is outward focused? Would you help us be a people that is outward focused? Would you help us be individuals that just love other people without an agenda, without the religious fanfare, but just love people? with that undercurrent of the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us and to others. Help us be ambassadors for Christ. In Jesus' name.